Welcome to Multi-Passionate Artists, featuring conversations with visual and performing artists, along with other creative souls on their journey, process, and entrepreneurship. I am your host, Diane Foy, and I want to empower you to connect to yourself and your purpose so that you can make an impact with your talents. Through solo and coaching episodes, I'll share personal branding and PR strategies to attract the fans, media, and industry that allow you to live that purpose. Hello, and welcome to episode 88 of Multi-Passionate Artists. I am your host, Diane Foy. As we near the end of the year, oh, that rhymed. What are you thinking? Every year I think, okay, next year is going to be my year to break through. And this year is no different. <laughs> I keep changing my messaging and, and it's taking me a while to really figure out the messaging. It's so hard, isn't it? But you change it. It feels perfect for a while. And then something starts to eat at you that maybe I need to change it. And so that's where I'm at again. But I'm on a mission to help more artists and creatives with their personal branding. So I'm owning that title, Personal Branding Coach. And I've revamped my fans, media, and industry attraction playbook. So much so that I'm turning it into a course. Well, I'm turning it into two courses. I'm turning it into a free mini course so that you can get an overview of the playbook and start off with a few, you know, tasks to get some wins out of it and kind of introduce you to the method. And then I'm going to be launching a full-on course and group program, group coaching program for artists and creatives to really deep dive on their personal brand. So look forward to that. Um, if you haven't signed up for the playbook yet, I would say get on that because the list will be the first to know that the mini course is launched. And so dianefoy.com slash freebie and get the free fans meeting industry attraction playbook soon to be mini course, soon to be group program. So I'm so excited. I'm working away getting that ready for you. Um, in the meantime, you're going to love this episode. I was just on Brian Pataka's podcast, Brian Breaks Character, and we had so much fun chatting. We talked about personal branding for artists and actors and creatives, and uh, we really got into it. And so on my podcast, we talked about, again, everything to do with his career and also tips to help. And one of the main takeaways was his advice on reaching out. It's so scary, isn't it? And so we really get into taking the fear out of reaching out with Brian. So I will tell you a little bit more about him. 20,000 creative people get Brian's newsletter delivered to their inbox every single week. And when they're not reading along, they're listening to his podcast, Brian Breaks Character. The podcast ranks among the top 1% of the most listened podcast in the world with 5,000 downloads every month and 270 plus five-star reviews. Brian is the CEO of Team BKP, and for the past two decades, he's been helping creatives get what they want without all the suffering. His sweet spot is helping people who proudly walk the path least taken, with down and dirty marketing and branding advice, all while spilling the tea on how to bring home the bacon. But his secret superpower is his spiritual and grounding approach to the biz. Rooted in his training as a non-denominational reverend, he proves that when you follow your purpose instead of playing by a tired set of industry rules, i.e. limiting beliefs, 
You can skip the drama, generate momentum, and build excitement around who you are and what you love to do the mostest. Not only does he promise the how-tos, and he has zero doubt that creativity is your divine birthright. And uh, there's some similarities with us, like I found. Uh, you know, we both just believe that artists have the power to change lives. And we're both on that same mission. So you will love his take on everything. I hope you enjoy it. For links and a transcript, visit dianefoy.com slash 088. Hello. Welcome Hi. to the show. I'm so excited to talk to you. Me too. I've me known too. Thank you so much for having me. Of you and known you for a while. Um, but we've never really had a chance to chat. No, never, huh? Um, yeah. and it was really exciting actually when you asked me to be on the pod. I was like, oh, our worlds have been meant to collide for way too long. This is exciting. We get to have a real deep conversation. I mean, well, we'll see if it's deep today. I'm assuming it'll be deep. We'll see how it goes, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I wing it, I wing it, and you're you're a multi-passionate creative as I am, yeah. and I'm sure we'll have a million things to talk about. Um, but I'd love to just hear everything. Your journey. <laughs> oh, sure. When to doing what kid, I do today? Like, yeah. How Yeah. How did you get to where you are today? And it's okay if it's a long story. I'm good okay. with it. I love that. Were um, you creative as a child? I or, or Do you come what? from a creative family? I think, you know, I, there's, it's interesting in that question because I, and I'm sure you believe this too, is I believe everyone is creative and they have different degrees of how we express it. And we have certain ways that we recognize creativity and other ways that we don't. And so I believe that, you know, problem solving is a version of creativity. Being a mother is a version of creativity, right? And I think that my, I, uh, my parents were separated when I was very young. I was seven years old my, and my brother had just been born. And um, my, I think that my mother really instilled in me you can do anything and creativity is to be celebrated and your feelings are valid without being like a helicopter mom or like being like you are entitled to have whatever you want in the world. It very much like everyone is special and no one is special is kind of the way that I would say it in a spiritual level. Um, and you are special and so is everyone else in your class. And so I think I really had this spirit of anything is possible. And then I think that my mom also like kind of adored me. And so the performer in me showed up who's like, oh, I can make my mom laugh. Well, then I'm going to keep doing this. And I'm going to like, you know, and I dressed up in her clothes as a kid, which plenty of gay little boys do, I feel like. Um, <laughs> and uh, and I put on shows and I had my own talk show in the basement. And I and I, my mom asked me once when I was four years old, what is your favorite thing? And I said, starting something and finishing it, which is very different than saying like roller skating at four years old, I think. And so... <laughs> And so that was kind of a real sign, I think, of what was to come in some ways. So I, I think that I always enjoyed creating and I I I did I grew up in Ohio, which if you know anything about Ohio, it is a little bit of like a Florida. So that there were in my high school was the largest three-year high school in the in the state of Ohio. I graduated with 2,700 people. There was one white person, one black person, one Asian person, one Jewish person. We all knew who they were. So it was very homogenous. And <laughs> it really kept me, I think it kept me in the closet and it kept me hidden and afraid to be myself. And not that uh, uh, gayness is the entirety of my identity, but it is part of it. And so I think that that really kept me in the closet. And then I was the first person in my family to go to college. And so um, I, that was when I was like, oh, the world allows people to be who they are beyond my mom, uh, beyond the, 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 the home that I grew up in. Uh, and I say that because, you know, I, I went to school in Chicago, I went to Northwestern and there were Latin people and Jewish people and all different colors of people and all different backgrounds. And I suddenly was like, oh, it is okay to not feel like you have to hide I guess that's kind of what happened for me, right? Yeah. And it was a huge moment for me. And I remember I called my mom on the third day of being at Northwestern and said like, mom, I think I'm gay. And I'd already had a conversation with her before I left school. And she was like, well, I knew this was going to happen. She was all very cool and chill <laughs> about the whole thing. Um, and more cool and chill than I was, I would say. And then I think that through you know anybody who's had the privilege of being able to go to a a university of any sort, you know, that is a part of a journey where you're meant to discover yourself and learn things about yourself while you're in an educational environment and your mind gets blown. And I, I, uh, 
knew that I wanted to be an actor, but the whole time I was at school, uh, Northwestern is not a conservatory. So you were able to study all kinds of things. And I was an art history minor for a while and I was studying art and I was a dance minor for a while. And I was a psychology minor. Everyone's a psychology minor at some point in university, I think. <laughs> but, um, and I was, and I was, and I was very close to getting some of these minors and I, because I knew that I wanted to do more than just act. And so I produced shows. And when I got to New York, this is where things started to really like click into, you can see a little bit more of how my path came to be right then because I worked my first job in New York City was at an advertising agency in the middle of Times Square. It's called Sereno Coin. It exists to this day. It's the largest advertising agency that handles Broadway shows. All they do is cover Broadway shows. Ooh, fun. So it was the coolest job ever. Yeah. I mean, I go to work and my, my clients were the producers of Kiss Me Kate and Bring In A Noise, Bring In The Fun, the public theater. And like my job was to make sure these shows were selling tickets. Um, and I moved up pretty quickly at this advertising agency because I think I had a little bit of a mind for copy and design. And after two and a half years, I went to my boss's office, who I'm still friends with to this day. And I said, I have to quit. I said, I, I don't want to grow up to be you. And it was a very funny conversation. <laughs> he knew exactly what I meant. And right very soon after quitting my full-time, there was a full-time job. Uh, very soon after quitting that job, I got into an off-Broadway show uh, called The Donkey Show. I was in it for a year and a half. It ran for seven years. It was, if, if those of you are listening are theater goers, you may know um, Diane Paulus from Hair and Pippin. And she did plenty of shows all over the country and won Tony Awards. And she really, that was my, gave me my first real quote unquote job where I got a paycheck and I did six shows a week. And, and all the time, even when I was doing six shows a week, I had another job. So I always was someone who, like you said, these multi-passionate right. artists, like I had, I had a part-time job as a temp agency where I was like doing laps around the other people who worked there full-time. Cause I was like, Oh, you want to do a mail merge? I can do a mail merge because why? Because I'm an actor who does mail merges looking for agents all the time. So I know how to, like, I was just doing, doing everything there. And I'm just uh, like blown away that you could do anything when you're doing <laughs> six days a week on right on a Broadway. It was wild. Well, it was when in the pro the thing about that show was you did a show Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday. So our show was it was it Wednesday, 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 Thursday, Thursday, Friday. I think yeah, we had two shows on Friday and two shows on Saturday. They were back to back, and it was incredibly immersive. So if you Google the Donkey Show, it's a Midsummer Night's Dream told through disco songs. And so I was one of the That's fairies fun. in the show. It was a very fun show. <laughs> um, and so then I was doing the job and I would be backstage with these other actors who I loved because I was on stage with them every night. And it was a small, you know, troop of us, an ensemble of us who were together. There were like eight or 10 of us in the show, I think. And they would be, you know, going to auditions the next day or complaining about not getting an agent or complaining about not getting a job. And I'd go to auditions with them and wait in line together because we weren't equity yet. And all those things were kind of happening. And I just being, remember being frustrated because I was like, I knew how fabulously talented they were and they weren't getting gigs. And I was like, are you kidding me? And so I started to just put on my little advertising hat that I'd been using in my own job, my own career and like helping them. And I was suddenly helping them to get agents and helping them to get more auditions and to book more jobs. And I was like, oh, I, this is something that I actually can do. Like I can help people do this. And this is, instead of being a, a temp job, that doesn't give me that much fulfillment. And so I just kind of clandestinely was coaching actors on how to get more auditions and how to get agents. And if anyone who's listening knows this, I think is that the actors know this, but the ones who are not, I want to just share, like actors are basically running their own small businesses. So anybody mm. who's an entrepreneur is running their own small, is, a, is a sm running a small business. And that's what it was. It was like putting yourself out there to be seen, getting rejected, then trying again and trying different methodologies of being able to put yourself out there. And so that was really what I was giving people was the permission to do that, but then also some real clear strategies. I think those two things kind of married, which I can trace all the way back to being a little kid who loves to draw and dance around and saying, I want to, I want to start something and finish it. So that's kind of yeah. how it came to be. And then I, I was making my living as an actor for quite a while and I was really lucky to have that position. And it, it, there was a time in my career where if I wasn't on set every 12 days, I'd be like, am I not good anymore? Like I would be, I would fall right into that trap because I was working so much. I feel really lucky. Yeah. And I came to LA and when I came to LA, I was having kind of the same pattern and I was still coaching actors on the business again, on getting out there. And I would get in a bad mood every time I got an audition because I'd have to cancel or reschedule one of my clients. And I was like, Hmm, that's weird. And so I re like one of my biggest 
teachers in this lifetime has been when I get pissed off or in a bad mood. Like when I was pissed off, my friends were getting their auditions or getting their agents. And this moment was, I was pissed off because I was like being taken away from that, which I really loved. And in that moment, I realized, wow, you are more fulfilled helping people in this way than you are on set. And it came to me really like a lightning bolt. I was lucky because I think that could have been a very painful realization, but it came pretty easily to me. I remember I had a friend who said, can you quit acting for just two weeks and try it out? And the two weeks was like, after two weeks, I was like, I'm good. I'm obsessed with helping people. Like (laughs) I got to see so many clients this week because I wasn't auditioning and I wasn't chasing auditions. And that isn't to say that that isn't a great life for people who choose to do that. And I just believe that our callings can reveal themselves as we continue to go. And not that I was doing the wrong calling before, but because I have that background, I'm now that much more prepared to have the, you know, walk into the murky swamp of creativity and putting yourself out there because I did it for that, that amount of time. Yeah. Right? And I think your passions evolve too and flow and we're all totally. about being multi-passionate and sometimes yes. you don't realize it. Cause like when I've, done my many career changes you, after a while you start to think is there something wrong with me that like <laughs> I love this doing this so much and then after a while I got bored yeah something new and yeah. then when that keep happens thing you think is there something wrong with me yeah. and so now I think it's just it feels like such freedom to be like, but we're multi-passionate. Yeah, Diane, do you find, when you look at the history of it, do you find like a thread of this piece of it is the part I always am about? So I can, I'll I'll use myself as an example. So I'll say as an actor, I knew that I wanted people to, I mean, I think it traces back to my mom, but like I want someone to feel something or jostle them out of it every day or um, to feel more of what it feels like to be alive and engaged in their life. And that's exactly what I do as a coach. So I feel that thread there. I mean, I could be like, if I was, When I have a party at my house, I don't throw parties all the time, but let's pretend I'm throwing a party. Like I can get really into it because I want people to have a really good time and be really present. I feel like there's a thread of the same impact in there. Do you find that for you? Definitely. Because I I probably didn't realize it at the time all along. Right. But now I look back and go, my purposes remain the same. Mm -hmm. Like to help artists and creatives and mostly performers succeed. Yeah. And I'm not a performer. But I took all these different career choices so that I could help you. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. the first one was to be a photographer. I, it wasn't that I wanted to be a photographer. I, it was my way in to be around performers. Yeah. Then I was a makeup artist. I was yeah. like doing music videos and, and work. I want to work with actors and musicians and yeah. performers. Then I was the publicist. I'm a coach. It's like, and there's probably a million other things in there too. And, but the purpose has remained the same yeah. that one to be around performers, but yeah. also to be able to be the one to help you. Yes. And I saw something on your um, podcast page that was it, you believe that artists can change the world. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's and our I purpose. Thought it was interesting yeah. because I say, I believe that artists have the power to change lives with their talent. Beautiful. Same kind of Beautiful. thing. Beautiful. Yes, absolutely. 100%. And, and like, also, Diane, I think it's so curious, right? Help you. Yes. And I love what you say, there, Diane, because you say like to be near performers, because you're not saying I really wanted to help accountants, which isn't to say there isn't creativity in accounting, right? And people right. can make that their own ministry. But they're, you know, we are attracted to, I believe, that which what we're meant to do. So if we, mm-hmm. one of the things that my, you can call this cosmology, spirituality, my background is a non-denominational reverend. I studied for three years. I studied A Course of Miracles. I did a program with that. And so all religions, no religions is the way I like to say that. Yeah. But that um, desire is one of the ways that I think the universe organizes itself. So our desire to, let's use this as an example, like if I'm an actor and I move to Los Angeles and because I desire to be working in acting and suddenly my mother in Ohio, who never would have ever come to Los Angeles, is visiting me in Ohio. And I'm going to this Starbucks on the way to get my head shot. And I talk to that barista and I drive by that person. Like all of it is is pulled from this desire. And that's that's actually an Ignatian way of seeing the world for those Catholics out there. But the Ignatius, <laughs> I think St. Ignatius is what who identify this, the desires, if we can imagine that they're planted in us by the universe, by God, whatever word you use, and it's pulling us towards that which we're meant to do or meant to unfold. And yeah. um, that feels like a, a similar thread with what you're saying. Yeah. And it took me a long time to even realize it. And and maybe, yeah, I, it, I love to dance and I love to sing, but I'm not a performer. And I think, I guess, 
I'm sure we'll talk about our whys, but my why is that I was way too shy when I was a mm. kid. But, and I, uh, so I was attracted to seemingly extroverts. Yeah. You know, <laughs> now we know that there's so many that are not extroverts. Right. But, you know, they just seem so full of personality and really showing who they really are. And I spent my whole childhood and even half my adult love life hiding like don't see me don't see mm. me and i also say that no matter what's going on in your life you can escape to the world that artists and creatives create for you mm. and so Beautiful. i think that's also the deeper meaning of why i love to help musicians and actors and performers because the work is it is a vital service yeah. it is it's needed because yeah when covid hit what did we all do we watched netflix we yeah. hid you know escape to the world that actors and musicians create for us yeah i love you know i've never had that realization before but i love the way that you said that because it is so true that the you know my i was in the muck with the artist but all and what they're creating is mm such a piece of, uh, such a tool for the rest of us, right? Reminding us what it is to be human, reminding us to wake up, reminding us to escape and set down the weight on our shoulders at times. There's so much that that is um, a gift that that is to us. And I so see when you say that, that really landed for me. Yeah. 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 And it's not just people that are in the creative arts and entertainment world. It's like the arts and entertainment, Joe Schmo accountant, <laughs> is feeling the same way when they hear yes. that song. Right. When they right. watch that movie. Yeah. So it, that it's why it does affect the whole world. It does affect everyone. Yeah. I love that. I love that thinking around it too. Passionate. Yeah. Right? Right? <laughs> One thing that you said that a couple of times that I, I kept making little notes to ask you about is that the thing about multi-passionates Sometimes we start a lot of things and don't finish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Talk to me. Yeah. So I'm like, but what do you mean you always finish projects? So <laughs> you, you're multi-passionate and you finish things? <laughs> yeah, I will say something. I've had some big learning around this. So this may sound affronting and not correct to some of you. So you can decide, anyone who's listening, pick up from this what you're meant to pick up and throw away what you're not. This is not to sound offensive. But one of the ways we can hide is by starting a lot of things yeah. and not seeing them all the way through, right? But that isn't to say you're just hiding. You might also be like having some great freaking vibes starting. So I want to make sure like you're allowed to be like, I love starting these things and it feels good. And that's how I'm in my body and in my life. Yeah. Great. And that might be all you want and bomb, thank goodness, right? Yeah. But if you're actually wanting it to have an impact and the finishing of it is where the impact happens usually, like that's yeah. what it, like, I call that going public. There's some version of that that gets to go public that you've created, like the song, the picture, the book, whatever, the poem, right? Someone else gets to read it. Yeah. If, if you're, when you're short, you're not giving someone the dignity of that beautiful impact if you're hiding behind doing too many things. Again, yeah. unless you're just getting off on doing a lot of things, right? Which I want to just make sure yeah. that that's allowed. That's allowed. With multi-passions or multi-potentialites at six, sometimes it's just yet another interest and we can play with it, but maybe it's just a hobby. Like, that's fine. Like, because when you, when you want to do a million things, you can't possibly do them all to completion. But that's why even when I coach multi-passionates, it's like, what helped me was that by someone saying, you can do it all. You just can't do it all at once. Yes. Oh, we used to say that phrase all the time in a class I used to teach. I used yeah. to be there. Never with like about because I say there's no such thing as multitasking. You're just doing one thing and then another thing back to back. That's there. Yeah. I mean, unless the laundry is running in your in your dishwasher or in your laundry, you can be two. You're doing two things at once, but actually that machine's yeah. doing most of the work at that moment. Not yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it helps to like focus. So yeah. like you know, I, I put some of my things that may be part of a career later on on hold. Mm. And once in a while I'll dabble in. There's a lot of unfinished yeah. projects, but those are not my priority. Yeah. Right? I have a thing. Yeah. I always say like if you've gotten some news from the universe, like maybe you should do this. I mean that's often sometimes how the voice comes in. What about writing a book? What about doing this? Like you get these and I go, that thank you so much. I'll put this in my back pocket because that inspiration isn't yes. going to leave me. Like I literally think of that'll be there for me when it's time for me to pick it back up again. Or I have folders in my inbox of like 
things that inspire me. I have a folder where I yes. put them so that I don't have to say like, well, I better act on this right now. And the way that I have, I can think right now of the multiple projects I'm working, right? I've got a huge overhaul to my website. If you go look at my website right now, it's super boring and bland. And there's a big one hiding from you because it's not done yet. And I'm also writing a book right now. And those two things can sometimes be at odds with each other because the website, it is hard to talk about the way things look when you're not a person who is a graphic or visual artist. I know when right. something doesn't look good, me articulating what doesn't look good about it is very hard for me. That's not somewhere I have facility. Right. I could write you a beautiful email, but that's not a place where I have space, right? <laughs> so that can take me some time. And then, you know, writing a book is its own set of its own set of weight and importance and joy and delight when you finally find that turn of phrase or whatever. So one of the things that I've I don't think I'm excited about this, but maybe I've relegated myself to is things are not going to happen as fast as my inspiration struck and that my, I've had to really be willing to notice. I think that I got this lesson really quickly because I'd planned this in my business, you know, I'm sure you know this, Diane, in your business, you might do this too. I'd planned this big launch. I was going to have this free class and invite a bunch of people to it. And I ended up delaying it by like two or three months. And I was pissed. I wanted to get done when I wanted to get done. What's going like what? And and I like got finally got behind the new date. I was like, no one knows that you plan to do this here besides you. So the only person I was pissed. It was like like the world knew that Brian was going to teach his class on February sixteenth or something, right? Yeah, you and I, and your I moved, own deadline. Right, I feel own that. Dead, right, right. And I that it was such a success by delaying it that it was a huge lesson for me to learn. I've never been disappointed or by me doing something later than I thought I was going to do it because yeah. I've always been more prepared. It's always been more better. But I think that being able to see the success from that really like I can hear that in words. And even the people who are listening, right? Hear that in words without experiencing, I can get how that might not feel that way. Cause you want it done now. And you want to, they, I have yeah. the, I got the juice right now, the stamina, the inspiration, which I think that I sometimes think that think inspiration and, uh, has like a, sh a shelf life. Like it's got going half and half every single day almost. So yeah. to be able to extend it the way that I have found myself able to extend my inspiration, focus and stamina for staying with a project is almost always there is another person involved. Yeah. Whether that is, not that I'm doing, I'm not writing a song with somebody, which could be another way to do this. But like, for example, there is a web designer who's waiting for notes from Brian. And that email sit at the top of my in inbox going, Brian, I need your attention. Please talk to yeah. me. Or, <laughs> or I have a coach who I'm working with on the book and the coaches, our meeting is tomorrow. I'm like, oh crap, I better get up to early tomorrow and do some more writing yeah. before this. So some form of accountability has kept me on track. And I would also say inspired because I don't know about you, Diane. But you know the the ghoulies and the itty bitty shitty committee inside my brain can could, could take hold and say this is a waste of time. Why are you doing this? This is okay. Right. Just take a few more months. It's too late. Someone else already yeah. did this. It can re it can do it. so by having another person there who's in some cases they're paid because it's a coach who's working with me. Yeah. Or it's a friend who believes in me and says I can't wait to read this. It just keeps me engaged with I need to. I need to write my pages. I need to give the feedback. So that has really also helped me a lot, I'd say. Yeah, I find like I, I always tell myself and also my clients that everything will always take longer than you hope. Just accept it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I've now I'm even accepting it even more so now than when I first started coaching because when I first started coaching, I would try to give them what they want, you know, in the amount like, of time they want it, right? In the amount of time they want it. Yeah. It, it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, Cause the whole reason I got into this was like, I really believe the personal branding is the key, mm -hmm. but most people want to skip that because that's deep in our work. Yeah. We like to think it's only outer. We all pretend it's only outer. Yeah. Just about the colors I choose and the fonts I use. Right. That's yeah. what you're talking about. Just like, <laughs> Let's, when are you going to get to the teaching me like social media publicity, blah, blah, blah. You don't know what you're going to promote yet. Yeah. And so now I'm just like, now I just say, well, it's going to take a while. It's, I don't offer quick fixes, quick fixes. There's plenty of those out there. Go try them if that's what you really need. Now I just don't, you're not a match for me. Yeah. It's yeah. the long, slow and steady. But then sometimes I have to kick my myself because maybe sometimes I take a little, you know, the procrastination oh. and like the, the, 
like you were saying, the vote, the voice in your head that kind of says, well, it's not ready yet. It's not ready yet. Or I'm not ready yet. Or <laughs> I, and I'll say like, I can get that way, particularly around something that like, I think I'm pretty good at, but I'm not that, but I'm not great at it. And I'll be like, no, I should keep doing this. And it takes me two times longer than it should. If I was like, oh, this is something I should in my example, like hire outside of myself or ask for help from someone on my team. Or this comes to like some, sometimes with artists, and I'm sure you notice this is like, oh, it's not my job alone to choose the perfect scene for my reel. I could ask my coach for some support with that. Oh, right. it's not my job alone to make all the decisions about my headshots. Oh, wait, I hired a headshot photographer. They have a job to do. Oh, maybe I could ask them for some suggestions of where to look. And so we, I think we tend to feel because artists are so, and creative people are, are so, I don't want to say you're alone, but your, your passion is yours to kindle in some ways, unless you're on a team yeah. of some sort or a troop of some sort, um, that you have to come with a solution on your own. And I think it's so important that we, we, we know how to use that muscle. And also I think a lot of times artists are afraid to ask for hype help, even when they've paid for it. Yeah. I don't want to annoy them. And I don't know if you experience this as a photographer, but I'll, the number of times I've worked with an actor on headshots or something, and they're like, well, I don't want to, I I, I'm shooting with them on this day and I shoot at two o'clock. Do they give you any ideas of what, what they want you to bring or no, I'm just going to bring my things. And they said three looks and that's, let's have another conversation. I bet you they have some, <laughs> I bet you they have some protocols. They have some ideas. I bet they'll even tell you where to look on their website to look for war. Like that we, yeah. we can try to be like good students over being like, be a messy client instead of a good student. That's my vote for ever. Be a yeah. messy customer. <laughs> yeah, Not too messy. Don't be annoying, but like feel free to take up some space at times, I think in that way, especially when you hired somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that what you just mentioned is something that I help people with because too many artists, actors, performers, they hire a photographer. I have a photo shoot and then that you don't have a plan. Yeah. You don't know what those final images, what you need them to look like, yeah. what, what character, whatever, what, what is your brand? Who are you? And what side of you are you trying to show in these photos? And some the people don't have that. They just show up to a photo shoot. Here's some clothes I have. What well, do we do? I mean, I'm, I'm pained. <laughs> give, give, put the money in, in Diane's pocket instead of that photographer's because yeah. of that photographer's because you're wasted. It's like, it's not wasted. You could chance upon something good. Sure. Let's just be, that yeah. could happen, but you're not going to feel that conscious decision-making around or that consciousness of, oh, I, I know what I'm doing. It's a little left to the whim of the photographer who's just met you, I bet, because yeah. I've spent that much time with you. And I think that's not, I, I think that. Uh, most artists are very judicious with their dollars, but it can be very easy to, in that moment, kind of give up the power that you still have. Yeah. And I feel like I've even made that mistake as a photographer because um, when I was a photographer, I was a bit more of a fashion photographer. So it's all about the look, the yeah. model, more so than the person, the personality. And I think when I started photography again, I was doing. Um, a musician, a singer songwriter, but she's a girl. She loves clothes and makeup and, <laughs> and jewelry and all this stuff. So we, we, we had fun and we played with it and the photos look stunning, but it doesn't express who she is as an artist. We kind there's a disconnect there. Yeah. It didn't show who she is as an artist. And I think, right. you know, now that I coach on this, it's like, Oh, see, I've made that mistake. Yeah. Or also, like, we should have had more of a conversation of who you are as an artist. It was it was before I was a coach, so sure, you know. Um, but also, Dan, there's all because there's. I think there's also this other thing that happens that we can't be we can't like forget about, which is it feels really good to talk to another artist. Yeah, and so we can get really just in that connected feeling of having the fun piece of it, where we yeah. can miss the assignment. So I'm sure yeah. you both had the best time doing this and you should have. And that's one of the, the delights. You were, yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. But it was afterwards that she's like, oh. Wait, that, I needed this, something. I forgot. <laughs> this, this doesn't really show me as a country artist. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> this shows me as a beautiful fashion model. <laughs> so yes, you end up with beautiful photos that you can't use. Yeah. And I think this happens in so many different ways because it can end up with the website, can end up with the way you got the wording on your website, the way you put your Instagram. Like you said, is the thoughtfulness beforehand. And then there's yeah. other there's other piece of it. When you have that thoughtfulness beforehand, I feel like it's like everything is so much easier. All the decisions are already made. 
Yeah. It's so much less energy put into each thing you do because you've gotten so clear on what this is supposed to look like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> so how do you work with artists? Like, what is it that I know you have some pro, uh, programs that are specifically for actors, but like in general, yeah. um, what, what is your kind of specialty of coaching? Sure. I appreciate the question. And let me think of myself as a specialist for a moment here. Yeah, like, what, uh, what do I do? Yeah, what do I do now? <laughs> um, the one thing that I come back to again and again, and I think this is from my spiritual background and my training there, is that I'll quote A Wizard of Oz for a second. You've always had the power, my dear, which is when she gets to the Emerald City and like you could have gone home in the beginning if you just realized it, you know? And so what I what I what I start with is everyone is creative, resourceful, and whole made perfect, deserving, and special. And everyone is. So just so we're very clear now that the one person I'm talking to is everyone right. is. And so what I often am starting with is what called you to this in the first place? What baggage, without getting into like, I would say this is therapeutic, but not therapy, but we have to at least identify what our baggage kind of looks like, the shape of it, the color of it, whose voices it might be. So we can know yeah. when it's getting noisy. We can know when it's weighing us down. And I think there's two kinds of baggage that we pick up as creatives. There's a lot more, but these are the two like broad categories. And in no ways is creativity a monolith, but I want to just speak to this. One is we've all had well-intending parents, no matter how well-meaning or not they were. Something You got something from them. You yeah. got, even got something from them. If they were uh, absentee parents, you got something from them. Yeah. And the other is, at least in my lifetime, we've got La Boheme, Rent, and Moulin Rouge, which are all based on the same story, basically. That are, And we've got Van Gogh, and we've got Ernest Hemingway, and we have artists who have had, at some point, a tortured life or had no money or been penniless and been told that to choose a life of, life of creativity is to choose a life of being penniless, maybe also being sick, that we are yeah. some form of, you will have a less than life. I remember when when I told my mom that I wanted to go to Northwestern for actors for acting. She was super supportive and she said, "I'm just worried that I think the only famous people's kids get to be actors and make their living." She's not that wrong. There's a lot of nepo babies out there, but a lot of actors yep. <laughs> don't need to be that to make their lives happen at all, make their bottom line at all. So I want to be really So my mom was not wrong, but she'd been sold that too. And yeah. the reason why I say this is I am not saying that having a creative life is can't be have ups and downs and you're always a freelancer and it's a roller coaster. And I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is the buying into that's the way it's supposed to be is different than buying into the idea that I believe in art because I believe art changes the consciousness of this planet. And I want to be an artist who does that because of the pinnacle of its art form. I know that that is who I can be and that that is what I can offer this planet right now is very different than I need to get this co-star job on TV so I can pay the rent, which isn't to say they both can't be true. I want to make sure that that's clear that you could, I want to make sure this is speaking from a position of privilege of like your life is taken care of for you. I want to also be very mindful of having the awareness to be able to hold both the planetary reality of paying your rent and the spiritual, I would say truer truth for a second here of that you're meant to do this then gives you the perspicacity, stamina, focus to keep at it day after day. And so that's the place where I say, that's the place where I think I step into when I'm working with my clients is let's unshackle, let's take off some of this baggage or be aware of it. It One of the things that I think is so important about this is it doesn't have to be healed in order for you to be able to take action. It just helps if you can be aware of it. Yeah. Oh, I know what that story is. I know that's what's coming up here. I'll, I'll, I'll speak a little bit like I have an actress she was on Grey's Anatomy for a long time and uh, she was without representation and she wasn't seeing opportunity. And we worked together and she got a bunch of offers and she never could have imagined it was going to go that way and to help her find her representation. And when she got all these offers, there was this new wave of like, oh crap. When I say yes to one of these managers and agents, that means I believe that I can really do what I say I can do. That means I really believe that I belong with someone who's got this big of a name or this fancy of an office, or they're going to get me out at this level. So there was a different kind of wake-up call that happens in that moment. And I think that it doesn't mean she had to be healed about her own worthiness to be able to get there, to be able to get yeah. that kind of success. But it did mean she go, oh, wow, I'm doing that thing. I'm noticing this moment in this way. 
And the ability to, I don't know if you say step outside of yourself or to remove yourself from the story and look at it in that way is one of the places that I start. So that was a long, long-winded way of me saying like where I start is with your story, I would say. And yeah. then by unreleasing that, and then one of the things that's so important to be about our story is our stories are without coming from an entitled place, meant to be witnessed. So there's got to be some way where you share this, I think, in some way where your community, your squad, the the people close to you get to see you express owning up to, here's where I showed up for myself and here's where I backed away and here's where the world kind of did a shitty job. That you actually are saying it out loud in some form. So in some of my, in most of my programs, there's a place where you're actually sharing something with someone in your community or you're performing, I put in quotes, performing your story because it might just be like telling your story. It doesn't be like a big show. Right. Um, to use these loving eyes of the people you've chosen as another way in to see what you might have missed along the way. And then pick up some of the breadcrumbs you, you didn't notice on the way. Um, and so that's another big piece, I think, of the work that I do is people suddenly get hooked into uh, the support around them. So then once you got all that underneath you, that is when I get really strategic and I go, okay, this right. is how you're going to send the email. This is how you're going to do the reach out. This is how you're going to do your casting profile, whether that's for agents or trying to get more auditions or um, I have a program where it's really just about systems inside of your creative business. And so it's like, after you've gotten this part of like going, going public or acknowledging what you've got going on and then allowing the people around you to see that piece of you, we get really clear on here's the strategies to take. And I believe strategies are, there's two parts of strategies. One is like, Strategies that work because they this is how bah, 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 bah. and also gotta have a strategy so you don't fall backwards into your old thinking. If I right. know what my next step is, I don't have a chance to think too hard about whether it's gonna work <laughs> or not. Right? I steal from recovery. Yeah. Sometimes I've had a couple of boyfriends who are in recovery, and uh, I remember one of their sponsors said to one of them, "You don't have to believe this is gonna make a chocolate cake. You just have to take the steps, and there will be a chocolate cake at the end." And sometimes that's what I'll say. You have to take this. So you don't have to, at the moment when you start to question, well, Brian said, do this next. I'll just do it. I don't know really why. So once in a while, that little tiny suspension of disbelief. And for the people who need the reason why, of course, I would provide the reason why. But right. I also think that once in a while, we're going to have that moment where like, I don't know, like, let me take the step because a step has been given to me. I can believe in this step. I think that it is wild to imagine that everyone's hand. Like I would say like when you click send on an email, your hands are sweaty when it's an important email, no matter how yeah. fancy of a person you are. You got a little bit of like, hope this goes well. The I think you've probably heard this from somebody else we both know, but the myth of readiness is like, ready is not a thing. You're still going to feel like, I got to click send. I feel ready yeah. enough is what I say. <laughs> if you feel ready enough, I feel ready enough. Okay, I can do it. Like Or yeah. like another way I like to think about ready is, I'm tired of thinking about this. I'm going to click send. I love that <laughs> feeling. I can't give this another damn thought today. It does not deserve any more of my energy. I'm yeah. clicking send. I am okay <laughs> with that. Sometimes you just got to let it go. Yes. <laughs> just, it's gone now. Yes. I got to get it off out my of my plate. hands. Yes. <laughs> yes. That was a long-winded answer to your question, Diane, but I hope that gave people some idea of kind yeah. of the way that I like to work. I like it. Now I feel like, I want to know, teach me something about your systems. <laughs> Uh-oh. When you say that, ask, ask it another way so I can know what you mean. What do you mean by systems? Tell me what you mean. Um, the systems that creatives um, should or could have in place. Yeah. Because I think that's, you know, I'm a little bit of it, but definitely there's a lot of artists that are scattered mm. and they because especially when you're multi-passionate, you're going in this direction, that direction, this directions, and like, yeah. What are some of the system yeah. tips? I want you to or I, every, yeah. goal setting tips. Yeah. So or, I'm going to start with systems because I I really believe in habits, and I'm sure we've all read Atomic Habits or thought about reading Atomic Habits. So those of you who are listening right now, I thought about it, thought about it, right. So those of you who are listening <laughs> right now, I want you to think about the part in your business, career, creativity. Not the act of doing it. So not around like, I really wish I could paint this way better. I wish I could take photos. So not the art of it. I'm talking about the, the putting it out there part. Because creatives, there's the part where you do the thing, and then there's the putting it out there. Because creativity is not done in a, unless you're Emily Dickinson, and you're going to wait till people read your poems when you die. Like, <laughs> we're wanting to have people see these things while we're alive, right? I think that's the story of Emily Dickinson. I might have got that wrong, but you get what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you're wanting to put your art into the world. So the part where I think systems are usually the most needed are going public, the parts where you have to put it out there. That's where the muscle feels icky. That's the scary part. Yeah. And what I'll just say before we even get into this is 
the more you're able to do that, the more dangerous you can get with putting yourself out there, you see how much it affects your work. Your work suddenly becomes more daring. You're more willing to go to places you weren't going before. You're willing to get a little bit messy or try things a little bit differently because you're let, you've let go of the feedback loop of needing to feel validated all the time because you got a little dangerous with putting yourself out there. So yeah. that's where I think you need a system because I think a lot of creative, pe creative people can like, okay, I'm going to get it up for this. I'm going to send one email or like, okay, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to do my one show. Or I got, <laughs> I got my recital coming up. Okay. Right. And then like a year passes and then the next one happens. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. You can't put everything writing on that one email. No, no, right. And, <laughs> and that one email is meant to be sent to 600 people and it went to one person. So what yeah. I say is like, where we create a system is great. What, there, I am sure there's not a person listening, myself included, Diana, I'm, I'm sure you can cop to this too, where you couldn't do a better job of maybe staying in contact with some people who are colleagues or instead of like have contact in your network, right? So one of the places that I say you can always transact in is gratitude. It is never too late for gratitude. So if you're like, I don't know if I can thank that guy from five years ago, the answer is yes, you can. And I think that you can say thank you without being weird. And the way that I talk about doing this is I think I like to say, let's all pretend we're Victorian ladies on Downton Abbey. And we have the most impeccable manners in the world. And what I like about this mindset is if we lean into the idea of having impeccable manners, our feelings have nothing to do with it. I'm just fulfilling the role of someone with great manners. So it can right. look like, dear Steve, your name occurred to me the other day and I realized I never thanked you or I never thanked you as much as I wanted to for that great opportunity to come to your office to meet the people in your office and what y'all do or the chance to play for you on that day or the chance for you to come to my gallery, whatever it is. Um, and then this is the trick. This next sentence is the most important trick. What did them doing that actually give you? So you have to take a second and empathize. This is a weird way to say it's empathize with yourself. So I would just say, okay, um, by him inviting me to the office that day and introducing me, everybody. Oh, it, I'm getting it right now. I'm improvising this. It gave me the sense that I belong. You'll right. never know what a great sense of belonging it gave me to be able to be in a setting with those people. I carry that with me to today. So yeah. while this may be late, I want to let you know how much it still affects me. I hope that you're great in your world. No need to reply. Yeah. I just wanted to send you a quick note and say thank you. Um, obviously, then I put, you know, love Brian. Thank you, Brian. P.S. Obviously, I would be happy to hear from you if you do reply. We keep this <laughs> conversation going. Take great good care. That's it. So part yes. of, so what you kind of heard in that is, and we can do this to people over and over again. This is exactly the same as saying to someone, I'm going to give another example because I feel like this might be a little more uh, likely to be what people have going on who are listening. It might also be like, I've got a show coming up. I've got a fill in the blank coming up and I want you to be there. Right. That might be right. And it was like, I'm going to send one email to that one person that means the most in the world to me, except for you're not, you're going to send to 600 people because you're going to send it to everybody you know. Yeah. And one of the ways that I like people to get dangerous is you have no business deciding if someone wants to support you, show up for you, be there for you. And too often, it's a little bit like we're deciding. Uh, it's like you've got your hands in their plan, but you got your hands in their calendar. Get your hands out of my underwear. They don't belong there. Like, get out of my, like, you can tell me this is happening yeah. and I give me the dignity of saying yes or no to it. So right. like, hey, I've got a show coming up. I wanted to let you know about it. Of course, I'd love to see your face there. Here's the information. If you can't make it, uh, like I'm saying, this would be like a mass email. Mate. If you can't make it, no worries. I'll be posting the images online, but you won't be able to get the snacks. So you should really try to make it. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> da, 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 da. P.S. There's obviously a human being on the other end of this email. So please reply if you'd like to start a conversation. Because typically you'd be using some kind of MailChimp or something to send a message like that out into the world. Right. And so one of the things that I just want everyone to notice is in both of those, I'm having great manners. And the reason where my manners are coming from is by sports commentating what I am doing in the email. It isn't just a art show, Thursday, 20 to 4th, 7 p.m. Hope to see you there. Right. It is saying, I'm sending this to you because I would love to see your face there. If you can't make it, a little bit of joke, a little bit of softness inside of yeah. it, right? It's narrating, I know we haven't talked in five years. It's it's making it not weird. And one of the things that I always say is the weirdness is the way in. So when someone yeah. says to me, Brian, I haven't, I haven't talked to them in five years. Great, that's the weirdness. Hey, it's been five years since. 
you will come across as like the coolest cat in the world when you say that kind of stuff. Because yeah. that person then doesn't have to worry about it. You've taken away a worry of like, oh, I haven't talked to them in a long time. It's weird that they're reaching out. No, it's not weird because I just told you why it's not weird. I took care of you in that yeah. moment. So I just really want to advocate for us using good manners as a, I don't know, as a tool to be dangerous in some ways. It's a way of releasing <laughs> us from the idea of how am I going to be seen? You're going to be seen as someone who has good manners when you show good manners. Right, right. Yeah. There's something about that that is coming up for me Yeah, because I have a pet peeve. Yeah, which is what? <laughs> Tell me. I love the, I love hearing pet peeves because then I can try to work on them for other people because you're not the only person probably. Artists who do the copy-paste to 600 people and it's the only time I ever hear from you. Yes. Okay, great. So here's the system. Can I tell you the system that I think every artist should use? Please do. <laughs> so I want you to hear from Diane two things. Diane is not saying don't show up. She's saying I don't want to only hear from you with a freaking yeah. newsletter. She's saying I understand that that might be part of the world, but I also better hear from you personally. So I'm going to bet if everyone can make a goal here every quarter, I'm going to reach out to 20 people personally, just so you can give yourself a number for now, right? Yeah. I'm going to continue to send my some form of a newsletter every month. Wanting every, nothing. Yeah. Like right. I, I can see the newsletter, no problem. Right. Right. But it's those, I guess maybe it's the copy paste that I get in my DMs. Oh, sure. Of Facebook. And it's like, and then it doesn't even say, hey, Diane. It says, hey, Paula. I got <laughs> one last week. You forgot to even change the name of the yeah. copy paste. And it's the only time I hear it. It's, it's a little bit more musicians that do this. Is it? Is it? Okay, interesting. It's a musician thing that you copy and paste. Hey, come out to my show. I'd love to see you. And it's just copy paste. And that's the only time I ever hear from you. I don't give a shit about your show. Sorry. No. And Diane, what I would tell me, tell me if this would work because it might not for you. Yeah. One of the ways I teach people to cut through the butter of this is Let's imagine you are an artist who has been really good at sending out your newsletters where you're talking about your show and what's coming up and you send one out every month. Let's just pretend that that's what happened. Let's pretend you send 12 a year. You're a brilliant, awesome, incredible, creative person. And I don't any, know, of, know any of you yet who do it that consistently. But if you're yeah. that person, you get a gold <laughs> start. If you're not that person, here's something to reach for. So this means you've established a habit with Diane, which to me means you've established a context. I'm always looking for a context with someone that I know. So the context with the guy you haven't talked to in five years is the five years you haven't talked. The contact with Diane yeah. is, I'm always sending her a newsletter. Great. After her third newsletter, I'm sending an email that says, Diane, hey, I know you're on my list and always getting my newsletters, but I yeah. wanted to reach out to you personally and yeah. say, I would love to see you at one of these shows. Yeah, I really love your insight that you always offered. Like that you're giving a personal and you're saying, I know you get those newsletters. I'm sending these to you in addition because right. I want you to know just how much more I adore you. Yeah. And the, I, what's very strange about this is I've created a world where there's second class citizens, a first class citizen. I just made Diane feel like <laughs> a first class citizen. But I'm sending, yeah. I, but I might be doing this to mm -hmm. all of them, but I'm still doing this step to, you will have to take energy to do this, right? And so yeah. I've created this first and second class citizen in a way, but also given Diane the privilege of feeling like a VIP or, or taking the time to make Diane yeah. feel like a VIP. Right. Or I always suggest that they, you know, social media, like if the, if you have a target list of people that you really want to build relationships with, make a point of going to their Instagram once a week. Totally. See what they're posting. Say something. Comment if it feels natural. We all know those you know? names that people who comment the most are showing up in that thing when you click the heart and all the names are there. You, We all notice that. Yeah. Right. And also even another trick is... Um, reply to people's stories because that gets you in their DMs. DMs yeah. It's mm, a great one. And it could start a conversation. It might not, but at mm -hmm. least again, it's like there's more to it. And then when you invite me to your show, I still might not go, but I'll be a little nicer <laughs> or I'll actually respond. Right. The copy paste, even from friends, I don't respond to because I'm like, it's the only time I hear from you. Because also, Dan, <laughs> the other thing, I just thought of this because I just thought of this as another hack. Another hack could be Hey, this is a copy paste because we are in tech week and I don't, and it's important to me that you come. Here's the information. If I have a chance this week, I'm going to also personally message you, but at least this way yeah. you know what's going on. Even if you can't attend, this is so yeah. exciting for me. Like, because I also want everyone to notice, like, whether or not the person comes to your show is sometimes less important than them knowing that you have one. 
Yeah. You are working. You're out you there. Wanna, you're doing just the thing. See, yeah, so if you can let them busy. off the hook from like faking a faking a a, a personal reach out and yeah. actually say like I'm messaging this to everyone, but only because this show is happening. I'm so thrilled. I love yeah. this venue. I, I full do not come if you can't if it's not easy on you coming. I know parking there is a yeah. bitch, but no matter what, I want to let you know that I love this venue and I'm so excited. I'm happy to share with you that this is happening. Like so, there's a yeah. different spirit of it instead of come to me, come do for me, do for me, do for me, yeah. do for me, rather than let's celebrate this moment and just acknowledge that you're like you're in crazy promotion mode. Yeah. And I- I may not have time to be for the politeness. I'm good. Yes. I'm, I'm I'm really I tend to also be very short in my emails, so like I have to be conscious of that of maybe put the whole sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Explain a little bit more cuz also things come off differently in totally. email than talking and totally. um but yeah, if you're in that crazy mode, just send it and go like, "Hey, when I have chance in a like next month, I'll, I hope to connect with you yes. on another level or totally. on another something or whatever. And then also when you do have the big show come up, you get to actually make it feel like a big show. Yeah. Okay, Diane, this is the big one. Like I wanted to reach out to you personally. Like that's when you get to actually like, okay, I'm doing 20 emails a day. Like if you've got that big yeah. project, like that's the time to make – my. I just dropped this track on Spotify. I want to get a ton of listeners on it and I'm really proud of it. Like – I'm going to yeah. reach out to people. Per- I'm going to take, it is worth it to do it personally. Like there's, Cause then there's people want to support you. Yeah. I mean, everyone wants to support you. Um, but you know, you want to support people more when they have been, you know, connecting with you on a more real level and, yeah. and, you know, commenting on things that have nothing to do with the business or I'm always like, just comment on the dog. Yeah. The cat. Totally. You know, everyone the one thing I just want to say for everybody <laughs> to give you a little bit of permission slip here. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to break the seal though. And it looks like sending a newsletter to everybody in your freaking contact book and you don't do the personal reach out first because you got to break the seal of, I learned how to do the tech. I can make the email look okay. I'm happy enough with the words. I can click set. Sometimes you got to break the seal and then you go, okay, great. Now I'm going to do some personal reach out. So I always find like yeah. there's like the break the seal send and then there's like, yeah. great. And so just want to make sure everyone hears that what Diana and I there's- are saying is not sit on your hands forever and never be big with yeah. your reach outs. But yeah. we're saying we know it's so much more potent when you have that, the personal touches. Well, well, I think there's also a difference when you're talking about newsletters, people signed up for that. So that's fine. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, sometimes, I always feel like sometimes they're not. Because sometimes I feel like you got the people that are on your database. And you're like, well, I've emailed them forever. So they can't. Because MailChimp is a different world than the one Diane and I live in. Where yeah. people sometimes have like, <laughs> I can send to my whole list because they've emailed me before. So sometimes it's a yeah. little bit different. But yeah, I hear what you're saying. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's true. Like, I guess if you are sending to a list of like people. agents and yes. industry people. And yeah, yeah. then I can see. Just make it. Yes, it's a mass email. Sorry. Yeah. And just be, you can be honest yeah. with it. People respect that. Yeah, totally. Especially because I want to make sure you all knew about the show. And yeah. I always try to say something, especially if you're doing a mass email where it's newsletter style. If you can have the space to make it to say something like, there's obviously a human being on the other end of this. So please click reply if you got a moment. I would be happy to talk about the show more with you or make plans to see you at the show or whatever it is to like yeah. really acknowledge like I get that a robot is sending this to you, but know that there is a real person with a lot of heart who wants you to read it. Like I think that that's yeah. a good way to call it out. Yeah. 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 That's so cool. Lots of fascinating things to talk to you about. I'm sure we could talk forever. But where can people find you online? How could, if someone's like, I think I need his help. Like, oh, I love you know, it. Thank work, you. How, how can they connect with you to work with you? Yes. All that good stuff. I love that. Thank you for the question. So I would say uh, the best place to find me is on Instagram at com. No, not, no, just at Brian says that. There's no dot com. At Brian says that on Instagram, <laughs> right? I got all confused. Ever. I was looking to make sure I had this other link that I might be able to share with you today. Let me just check. Yeah. Um, and then because we talked about it a lot today, Diane, we talked about like how to say thank you and how to craft those emails. I thought I just thought I was like, oh, this is a good freebie for me to share with everybody. If you sure. go to brianbreakscharacter.com backslash 74. So Brian Breaks Character, that's my podcast. So brianbreakscharacter.com backslash 74, because that's episode 74. Um, There is a download that's like a follow along worksheet for how to craft these thank yous that we've been talking about that can start, can grease the wheels to relationships that you maybe have left on the shelf for a while. But I'm always in my DMs. So feel free to DM me and say, hey, heard you on Diane's thing, got a question or just wanted to give you a shout out. Um, I'm just 
I love the ability to send people Diane's way because I know they'll be in good hands and that you know how to talk the talk to multi-passionate people. Um, yeah. And, they're, and, and the musicians that I know are super excited and resistant about branding. And so that's what I think is so <laughs> exciting. Like, great. Don't I do know. it by yourself. This is why you have help from somebody. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yes. I don't overwhelm artists and creatives with marketing speak. Good. I hope I didn't today because I got into it a little bit. No. <laughs> Good. No. Good. No. That was wonderful. What is your why? Why do you do what you do? I want the world to be a place of happy contributing citizens. And I want people to feel like they're a happy contributing citizen, or fulfilled, I should say, fulfilled contributing citizen, and to have great citizens of the world. And what I know is when we are operating at our at our highest level, our spiritual level, our spiritual mind itself, um, that is the greatest power in the world, and there's the greatest play to change the world and make it better and better every day. And that's the world I want to see. So that's why I do what I do. Wow, that's wonderful. The world would be a much bigger, better place <laughs> if we all just honor our purpose. It's true. I know remember we can. Our yeah. remember, our, remember our manners. <laughs> remember our manners. Remember our manners and uh, uh, get your freebie to learn what to say in a in a connection email. Yes, totally. Yes, <laughs> yes. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for listening to Multi Passionate Artists. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with your fellow artists post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To connect with me, I'm Diane Foy Arts on Instagram and in the Multi-Passionate Artists group on Facebook. Thanks again.